What's up, guys? This is Alex Terranova, and I am excited for this episode of the Dream Mason podcast. But there's really big news. Really, 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 really big news. I wrote a book, and that book is out, and you can go pick it up. I am so proud of myself. I'm so proud of this accomplishment, and I am so excited to share it with you guys. I had this idea for this book about five years ago. I started writing it about four years ago, and it has finally come to fruition. It is called Fictional Authenticity, Release Your Past, Start Living Your Real Life. You can pick it up on Amazon right now. Basically, this book tells my story and my journey of transformation, going from where I was to where I am now, and really that, you know, at 32, I woke up and realized, oh my God, my life is just this kind of hodgepodge of stories and ideas about what I thought I should be like as an adult. And those things were weaved in by media, community, friends, family, and whatnot, and none of them were bad. But I grew up and I became that thing that I thought I was supposed to be. And what I realized was it just wasn't authentic and it wasn't who I really was. And so in this book, I take you through the process where I deconstructed that. And I also invite you to do the same in your life. So I give you the tools, I give you the practices, and you get to do that journey for yourself along with me. I'm so excited to share this book with you, Fictional Authenticity. You can pick it up on Amazon now. Please do. Please share this. And I hope you love the book. And let's get into this episode. What's up? And welcome back to the Dream Mason podcast. I am your host, Alex Terranova. What is a life mastery consultant? Well, we're going to find out today because we could do this with Dream Mason. What is a Dream Mason? What is a life coach? What is a business coach? What are these things, these terms that we hear that are uh, really popular, um, really kind of trending right now? What are they? What do they do? We're going to really focus on the life mastery consultant piece. And we're going to meet someone who is building a business, building a career, uh, some who has spoken on stage with one of my favorite people. Uh, if you guys have ever Googled Bob Proctor, if you haven't, if you don't know who he is, you should check him out. He has this amazing video online about being radical about f probably four or five years ago when I really was decided I wanted to change my life. It was the, one of the first videos I saw and I used to play that thing. It's probably a couple minutes long in the morning while I was at the gym. I would just put it on my, my headphones because it was just, it just moved me to the core. And our guest today, Kevin Carton is a life mastery consultant and he is a speaker. He spent a few years or multiple years, Kevin, you're going to tell us about that, working, creating content for multi-million dollar coaching companies or a coaching company. And as I said, he spoke on stage with Bob Proctor, which is a pretty cool feat. I would, I personally would love to do that. Welcome to the Dream Mason podcast, Kevin. How are you doing? Good. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Thanks, man. Um, Thanks for being so diligent and being here with us. We had uh, uh, the first time we tried to get you on here, all our equipment went down. We actually had to reschedule two podcasts that day. Um, and then I had a personal breakdown the last time. So I just want to really appreciate your patience and your willingness to be here with us, share your gifts, share your knowledge. And, and yeah, we really appreciate that. Yeah, you're welcome. So First, just because I, I, I'm, I think it's so cool and I love Bob Proctor, we just touch on that. Like, how did you get to be on stage with Bob Proctor? What was the experience like? 
Yeah, it was it was a quick experience. Uh, I went to an event. It was a small event, very small event um, called the Invisible Side of Success. There's a there's a whole story behind this why it's uh, not something you probably heard of or ever will because it's not. It, it was a two day event that I went to, uh, as, as small as two hundred people, and um, he was doing that in uh, uh, with my mentor who I've studied with for the last five years. Her name is Mary Morrissey. And they're, they're close friends. Like they've, uh, they've been mastermind partners uh, for the last 10, 15, maybe even 20 years. Um, and so I went to that event and it was specifically, it was going to be a recording for a program. So like there's supposed to be a program called the invisible side of success that they were going to produce for the, the public and sell that. Um, but for a bunch of different reasons that never happened. So I feel very um, honored and blessed to have been, uh, to have invested and gone to that event. Um, and at that event, I had an opportunity to be on stage with them. Like they invited me up. And so it was um, really surreal. I mean, because Bob is a powerful being. I mean, he's like close to 85 now, I think. Wow. Um, I didn't realize so, he was that old. You'd never know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think uh, when he turned 80, he said that he was uh, planning his 100 year, 100 bir- year birthday. So, <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully we'll have him for that long because he's he's a force of nature. And so... It was, yeah, really surreal just to be up there with him. Is there anything that you learned from that experience? Like any takeaway of just being in the presence or with somebody who is, you know, that iconic, that powerful, that, you know, that man has shifted and changed the lives of people all over the world. Yeah. The one thing that I can remember, cause this was back in 2015. So four years ago. Um, and the number one thing that I still hold with me today is because you know the things that he talks about and he teaches, it, it's not that it's uh, um, it's unheard of. You know, it's something that is uh, has been around. Like he has his own spin on it, but um, ultimately, there are many of the things he teaches. Like you can find in other people sharing that information. But what what was so powerful about him is he embodies it. Like mm-hmm. he actually lives every single thing that he's teaching. Yeah, and that's something that most people are not about like they, you know, if they read my personal development books, they go to seminars. Um, they've been in this realm or world for years, but the truth of it is that they, they're not that committed. Like he is someone that is, uh, you could just tell the way he teaches, the way he talks about it, the way he speaks about it. You could tell he lives his life every single moment that uh, by those principles. And that's what makes him who he is. Because again, I mean, there's, there's thousands of people like, you know, you mentioned like life coaches and business coaches and I'm a life master consultant. Like there are, there are thousands, but what sets it out, like the, the top percentage, like, like Bob is that they live it every single moment of their day. And, you know, he's had years doing that or decades even. So that was what stood out the most is like the, and you can get that impression from him. So how do you, it's a great place for us to start is how do you live, you know, how do you live and, and be a life mastery consultant, like in your own life, just for you. Yeah, it's, I mean, it goes back to that exactly what I was just saying. Um, but it's doing the work of living into that every single day as best as you can. Um, and how I embody that is everything that I teach. I, I, I actually live. Uh, and if I don't, then I know it. Like when I'm, when I'm coaching my clients, there are some times where like, I'm about to teach a principle, but then I stop myself because I'm like, wait a minute, I'm actually not fully living that yet. So I'm not willing to, to, to go there to, to like pretend like I'm actually living that. 
Um, like for example, um, I have a, a powerful morning routine or I call them rituals that, uh, I learned from a book called, uh, the miracle morning. It's a phenomenal book. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I have my own spin on it. And so, uh, my, some of my clients recently have been wanting to, uh, hear my own version of that. Like, what do, what do I do in the morning? Um, but yeah, I, I want to hear month, it. Will you share it? Will you share, share it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's, it's, uh, an acronym called savers S A V E R S. So it uh, stands for silence or meditation, affirmations, visualization, exercise, reading, and the S is for scribing. But the author Hal Elrod he just says like he just used that just to make it you know the acronym fit. But it's it's just journaling, like doing some writing, okay, uh, just to get your thoughts on paper. So I do every single one of those things, um, six of them. Um, ranging from like 10, 5 to ten minutes for most, uh, except for the exercise. Like I'll work out for a half an hour to an hour each morning. How long does your morning routine take you? <laughs> That's a good question. Cause it's usually about like two to two and a half hours, like especially with the, the workout. Um, and so I wake up usually like anywhere between five and 6am, sometimes even before five. Yeah. Um, so then I'm like, you know, by nine, like I'm, I'm sitting down at my desk in my office working. It's such a commitment. And I, I know personally, like I'm listening to you and I'm like, man, so when I, transformed my life and took on, you know, hired my first coach and and started to really put time into developing myself, not just mm -hmm. like I'm going to work out and eat healthy, but really focus on like all the areas of my life, really like the things you just talked about, you mm -hmm. know, it started with like, okay, I'm going to meditate in the morning and then maybe I'll journal and some lemon water. And that mm -hmm. was like, you know, it added 30 minutes to my morning. Yeah. And then I, instead of going to the gym later in the day, I was like, oh, I'm going to use, do yoga or the gym in the morning also. And the next thing I knew, I was like, well, I want to meditate for a little longer. I want to do some, some personal growth or some spiritual reading in the morning. I want to take some time to, uh, like sit and like cultivate what my day is going to look like, like generate, you, you talk about it kind of through visualization, but really mm -hmm. like, Hey, what am I going to create today? And next thing I knew it went from like this half an hour thing to think I was taking me like three hours in the morning. Yeah. And, it's a commitment. Right. Like you yeah. Said. And the, the, I was waking up at four in the morning some days. The funny thing was I actually realized I became a slave to my own like habits. All of a sudden that became the autopilot. Mm -hmm. And I had to then rework the whole thing because the intention isn't to become a slave to anything. It's actually to become empowered by things. Right. Exactly. And I had to rework it and, um, now I do something completely different. It doesn't require me to wake up at, at four in the morning. Um, <laughs> but I, yeah, I still usually do wake up around five, between five and six, because there's a lot of stuff I want to get done to set me off into my day. I think of it as like you're, if you were an athlete, you wouldn't just show up, you know, to the, to the arena or the stadium five minutes before the game starts, you show up, you do whatever you need to prep, whether it's batting practice or shoot around, stretching, eating, mm -hmm. getting your uniform right, like whatever you need to do, you get your headset. Yeah. And then you go into the game. That could be a couple hours if you're, you know, somebody like LeBron James or a top level athlete. Absolutely. How does it, um, do your clients take on these things? Cause I know for me, trying to get a client to take, to wake up at four in the morning you know, or even five in the morning and do two, three hours routines. And I don't think it's our job to make people do that, but do your yeah. clients take those things on? 
No, actually. And I, I don't, I don't encourage them like that. So when, you know, when I, I said like some of my clients have asked me like that, that's when I'll tell them, but I'm there, there's a, there's two different types of coaching. Um, and I'm an evocative coach. That's one type. The other type is d- directive coaching. And that's where, you know, a directive coach might say that, like, all right, like you're going to wake up at 5 a.m. and do these things. Um, whereas uh, the evocative coaching, it helps, I uh, help draw out uh, answers that my clients have within them, themselves, for what works mm-hmm. for them. Because each and every one of us are unique, very, very unique in our own way. And so one thing that might work for me might not work for you. Uh, even though it's, it's like, uh, you know, there's studies about it and like, it's, it's proven, it doesn't matter if it doesn't resonate with you, then it's not going to work. And ultimately it, it won't, it, it won't stick either. Like you won't be able to, 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 to sustain that habit yeah. that would be life-giving anyway. Yeah. That's, I use it's, that's cool. You just gave me like just two different ways that you describe it. Cause I, I say that there's, uh, I'm an ontologically trained coach, which is the study of being. And it's all about like how you show up in the world. And, mm. but it, but it does take the same evocative. Like my job is to pull things out of you, not tell you what to do. And then I call the, what you exactly. call direct, what you call it? Direct, directive, yeah, direct, coaching. directive coaching. Yeah. And I think of it as like facilitative, like people mm. are like, Hey, you're going to do this, 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 and this, and there's nothing wrong with either one of those. Exactly. It's just yeah. not what you or I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. So and then let's talk about like how, cause your path is, is kind of interesting. It wasn't like you were like, I don't think most people are walking around going, I want to be a coach, but yeah. your path was you were working for a coaching company, mm-hmm. like a, a big coaching company creating content yeah. for them. How did you even get there? Yeah. So that's a fascinating story. Cause I, I yeah, I, I, even when I was working for the coaching company and I'll get to that, I, I wasn't even thinking like, Oh, be a coach. Um, so that came up as well. Um, it emerged. Uh, but I, I went to school to get my doctorate in pharmacy. Uh, so that was my first choice of path. And I chose that because, um, I didn't really know what I wanted, wanted to do. And so in high school, my dad, uh, asked what kind of classes I enjoyed. Uh, and I told him science and math. And so he gave me a list of majors to look through, to see, uh, that are in those categories of science and mathematics. And I chose pharmacy because I saw right next to pharmacy was the big check. It was, it was a six figure income that was like guaranteed or it's an average income when you graduate with uh, a doctorate in pharmacy. And like, you know, you, you're thinking like, I'm thinking like the, um, a community pharmacy, uh, pharmacists like at Rite Aid or mm-hmm. CVS and everything like that, they, they make six figures behind that counter, just counting pills, uh, which is crazy to think about. And so driven by money, mainly, uh, I chose that, that career field and I loved it. I love science. I still do. Um, but after about three and a half years in that schooling and I was in an accelerator program, so it was only going to take six years instead of a usual eight to get a doctorate. Um, after three and a half years, I got it. I started reading personal development books and spiritual books and self-help books. And I was just hooked. I was just really grabbed by that. Like what the, like the potential that we all have that these authors were, were teaching about. And like, it just blew my mind. And so I was like a thirsty sponge for that. And that's ultimately where I met Bob Proctor first, um, or at least discovered him. Uh, and I started studying him and then, um, it was, like I started to realize that I didn't, I really didn't want to continue on this path of pharmacy. And so it was a really difficult, uncertain and scary decision to make. Um, but after like several months of going back and forth of like, Oh, I should stay or I should, I should, I should stay and just finish my doctorate or just leave because it didn't resonate with me. 
Um, I did eventually leave. I, I, I discontinued getting my doctorate. I did get a four-year degree, which my parents were happy about, <laughs> but, um, but I didn't continue. And the day of my last final is when I got connected with my mentor, Mary Morrissey, who is the founder of uh, the Life Mastery Institute. And so this is all connected because um, I first started studying with her. I, I hired her as my life coach. Um, I got into a, a year-long program with her. Um, and during that time, uh, in that year-long program, there was a spiritual pilgrimage that uh, was included. And it was a uh, five-day retreat in Concord, Massachusetts, which is where the transcendentalism movement uh, started. And, you know, with Henry David Thoreau, Ralph Waldo Emerson. Um, and so we were studying their work and everything like that. And at that event, I was sitting right next to, at, at one of the lunches, I was sitting right next to um, this man named John Boggs, who happened to be Mary's son and also the CEO of her company. And he, he was just curious. He was asking me, how did I get there? Because at the time uh, I was 21 at the time uh, when I was in that like year long coaching program and at that, at that event. And he was curious because the next youngest client of theirs at investing at that highest, at that high level in their coaching programs was like in their late thirties or early forties. So I was, I was a very, a very odd person to be there, like just age wise. So he was curious how I got there. I told him my whole story. Um, and a lot, there's a lot more depth to it, but I'm just shortening it for the, the sake of this, this, uh, recording. Um, and, uh, so he was curious and I told him my whole story. He like had this quizzical look on his face and I literally stopped my story. Cause I was like, wait, hold on. Did I say something wrong? Cause his face was scrunched. Like he was kind of looking like he was confused <laughs> And he, then he lightened up and he was like, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm just piecing my own puzzle together. I was like, okay, tell me more. And he, he saw potential within me. And so he told me that I would be actually be a good fit for a position. They were just opening up in their company as a content developer. And so he said, you should apply for the position. So I did. And like many things in life, uh, when you get an opportunity like that, or like, you know, you, you strike out and you try something new, um, you don't make, you don't make it, you fail mm -hmm. and things don't work out. And so I didn't get the job actually, but he was so impressed by me that he hired me for a just part-time work, like 10 hours a week, uh, as a content developer for some, like a side project that he was working on in sales. And, um, and so I got my start there in content developing and uh, six months later, after doing you know weekly work for him, and like I was doing great work, like he didn't fire me. Um, he uh, like he said that there was another position opening up, like it's like same content developing position for the multi million dollar life coaching company that you know he's the CEO of, and uh, his mom or now you know my mentor Mary Morrissey owned and operated, and um, and then I got that second the second opportunity the second time I got the job. Um, so it was kind of, it was like, it landed in my lap. Like I wasn't seeking out, I wasn't like, uh, looking for it, but it just was presented right in front of me and I, I stuck with it. That's ultimately how I got that job. How old are you now? I'm 26. I think this is a cool thing to, to dive in because you talked about age and, and you're 26. I know that one of the things that I hear, I spent a couple of years training coaches mm -hmm. and one of the the limiting beliefs that often some of them will have is who's going to hire me because I'm 25 and how can I, yeah. how can I at 25 help someone who's 55 or yep. whatever, right? We can take any age dynamic there, but sure. 
but I think that there's a limiting belief, especially often with people in their twenties or even early thirties that, that, you know, their age is a limiting factor for them. And then Mm -hmm. on the flip side, there's people out there who actually use that argument to stop themselves. Right. So they're, you're 40 or 50 or 60 or 70, and you're looking for a coach and you meet someone or you hear about coaching. And then your argument against it is, well, how is this young person? How is this 20 year old or 30 year old or whatever? How are they supposed to tell me how to live my life? And especially in what you call it, right? Like life mastery. I know when, when I heard the the first time I ever heard the term life coach, I did not like it at all. It was like repulsive <laughs> to me because I was like, who, who is any of, who's anyone to coach me on my life? Mm. Right. Like, what do you say? Like, what do you hear and what do you say in, in that kind of conversation? Sure. There's two things. Uh, so the first thing on my end uh, for the, like being a life mastery consultant, like that title um, and just the, the certification institute that I went through. Um, the first thing I say, if anyone ever has that conversation is look, I'm 26. I understand that I don't have the answers, like all the answers to life. And I'm not naive enough to believe that I, I can give everyone all the answers. Um, and so I rely on a system. And so certified by the life mastery Institute, I, I am, I'm, uh, certified to, and and licensed and like legally able to coach my clients through Mary Morrissey's programs. And actually, uh, two of my programs that I can coach my clients through, um, they're actually co-created with Bob Proctor as well. Um, and so I rely on the system. That's what I relied on when I first started my coaching. And so I coach, actually, most of my clients are actually older than me and many way over, older than me, like some in their like late 40s and 50s. Um, and so I rely on the system, number one. Um, so that's the first thing. Uh, that's like just the, the foundation. But then the second thing, and this can do, apply to anyone, like any young coacher, and then also uh, as a um, an answer to say like an older person who's like looking or like wanting a life coach, but like kind of skeptical, is that we all have blind spots. We all do, and it takes another person, no matter what age they are, to see them. Like even even a teenager can look at their you know their uncle. And say like, yeah, like I could see the patterns that are going to see like that. My uncle is like, got this like, you know, bad habit and, and just like, you can help them see like what they're, they're blind to. And so that's like, I mean, it, very simply, sim- very simply, but I mean, of course, in terms of life coaching, like actually having a coach, there's, you know, you have training and uh, there's, it's like to look into the, the training that someone gets. Um, so just for like, for saying it is that, um, like to, to be sure that if you're going to hire a life coach or if you're going to become a life coach is to be backed by a certain certification that actually gives you the tools to help someone. Because like, there's a funny story. I was on Instagram and I saw an Instagram ad, like on uh, my stories for a life coaching certification for like, for like 25 bucks. Like it was the most ridiculous thing I mm-hmm. saw. I actually got mad for a second. Cause I would yeah. imagine that that gives you no tools at, at, at the, barely any tools at best and any yeah. training at best. Yeah, yeah. You bring up a really good point. Like I, one of the things I had a, a, a client that I was working with yesterday and, and they were asking me about the process and one of the, and they said they really liked that, you know, I do a free session that people get to experience what it's like to mm-hmm. work with me. And one of my, my two tips for them is, you know, if they decide to hire me or hire someone else, like, great. They know they want to coach, but it was like, Hey, these are my things. If your coach doesn't have a coach run away. Yes. Right. Like, cause 
you can't, somebody's like, who's checking that? Who's like watching their blind spots, right? Yeah. Um, did they train or did they just like sit, just like, you know, put a placard on a door? Mm -hmm. Um, and the third is that they actually give you a, a sample experience that mm. you actually get to choose to work with them based on the experience of working with them, not based on a list of qualifications or some, you know, flashy marketing. Um, yeah. but you actually get to go, wow, did I get what I wanted in this, you know, hour, half an hour, whatever they provide. Um, yeah. but no, I feel the same way as you, I, you know, I went through accomplishment coachings, year long coach training program, and it's nice. It's over 250 hours of in-person training, which is in a lot. Yeah, um, it's awesome. And there's, I think there's like over 200 coach training programs around the world. Mm. And there are some that are like, you can get your certification in a weekend. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And yeah, I mean, I think it's kind of like anything else though, right? Like if you wanted to be a lawyer, now everyone has to pass the bar, but yeah. there's law schools that aren't accredited. And mm -hmm. and with anything, right? Like if you want to be at any job in the world, right? There's acting schools where they're reputable. And mm -hmm. then there's somebody who just like rented a little room and flung a thing up and was like, hey, this is an acting school. Exactly. So I think, I mean, I do think you bring up a really good point about like, hey, where, if you do want to be a coach, where are you getting trained? What's the backing of that place? Um, are they connected with the International Coach Federation? Do they have accreditation from there? And what mm -hmm. are you getting, right? Like one of, one of the big things that I took away was, um, and, and you can say if, if I don't, I don't know if the program that you did, did this is it wasn't just about teaching someone how to coach because you mm. can teach anybody how to do anything. Mm -hmm. But if you didn't train like the being, like how you show up as a coach and yes. really the way I learned that through accomplishment coaching was they really like dissected who we, each of the people in the program were. It was like, we kind of had to take apart ourselves mm -hmm. to be able to see like what our stuff was. Cause how can we, I think you said this right in the beginning of this conversation. It's like, how can I work on somebody about spirituality or how can I work on somebody with money or, or their job or their relationship? If I haven't gotten really clean and really flat and really clear on what my relationship to all those things are. Exactly. Yeah. Did, is that, was that part of your training as well? A hundred percent. Yeah. But there's, there's a, something I do want to say about that. Cause like yeah, it's please. tempting. Cause there's a, there's like two ends of the spectrum here. It's like not, not looking at yourself at all and realizing like the things you need to work on, but then too far on, on the other end where you're like, Oh, I, I can't actually help anyone until I'm perfect. Like, yeah, that's, that's not the case either, mm -hmm. but you do like, you, you need to find a good middle ground. Like you said, yeah. And, and that's, you know, the training, like if you don't, if there's no training in that, then it's an incomplete program. Because again, like you said, like people can learn anything, uh, like you've been taught how to do anything, but there's, you know, and that goes back to what I was saying about like, what was most impressive to me about Bob Proctor is you, you could feel it. It's not like, it's, it's very, it's very hard to quantify, but it's a feeling you could really feel and understand and see like if someone, um, is doing their own personal work, like the work on their life and going deep with that so that they can uncover and unblock themselves. And then therefore they know the process of how to do that and how it also feels. Cause like when someone has the visceral experience of it, then they can transfer that to, to someone else and help them even better at least. Yeah. I love that you brought that up that you, there is no like perfect 
Like yeah. there's no human being out there. I don't care. You know, I mean, maybe look, if you're like a monk that is in a cave <laughs> and all you do is meditate all day, but the, you're, there's still something missing. You don't have personal relationships, right? Like there's something mm-hmm. you, there is no human being that is perfect. And I think that's a great point that like, if I had to have everything in my life perfect before I could work with somebody, well, then I would never get to work with somebody, but nobody exactly. Would. And if we think about like doctors or lawyers or, you know, uh, actors or musicians, like, aren't they always working on their craft? I don't know mm-hmm. that they're ever perfect either. Yeah. That's it. Thanks for bringing that up. Cause I think it, it's, it is really important that we keep working on ourselves. Like we're kind of, I don't know who made up this analogy, but it's, I think it's like one of the best ones. It's like we're as, as people that work on themselves or develop themselves or grow themselves, it's kind of like being an onion, right? An onion is layered mm-hmm. yeah. and we can be, I feel very transformed from where I was four or five years ago. And yet there's still so many more layers that I can peel off. Oh yeah. Do you ever, the the, fra- the phrase in my mind comes, comes to mind is in, we're an infinite onion. <laughs> yeah. It's like the, the, an onion, actual onion has it as a middle point mm-hmm. and an end to it, but like we don't. Yeah. Do you ever feel, um, like you hit, uh, like a place where you get stuck, like you're doing all this work on yourself. You're surrounded by people that are constantly pushing you to grow and, and peel more layers off. Do you ever hit a moment where you're like, Oh my God, is that it? Like, I feel like really stuck where I am and I can't get to that. Like, I can't get that layer peeled off. Absolutely. Yeah. And it was, it came early on in my business. Um, so it's like a year and a half ago, uh, cause I've been in business now for a year and nine months or close to 10 months. Um, and it was like uh, several, like half, like maybe five to six months in, I realized that, um, cause it, it's, it's really fascinating and start and having a business, like your business is reflect, especially when it's a one, you know, one man show at the beginning is like your business is, and even beyond that I've heard is that your business is a reflection of you as in like the results that you get, it's like directly involved with like your own work and how you've developed. And so if you plateau, like in your own development and, and uncovering, you know, things you need to work on, then it's like, you're going to plateau there as well. So like, it's a good uh, way to, to see that. And that's, even if you don't run a business, like you could see in your own personal results, like you can measure in terms of your weight and your, but also your relationships and your fulfillment in the job or the, the, the amount of money that you do have or don't and all that, like you, there's, you know, your results are a good key indicator of like how well you're doing. And so I, yeah, I felt like I, I got stuck and I, which would, was really frustrating because it was, I was, I'm a life coach and I felt stuck and I felt plateaued <laughs> yeah. and the key, like, it's just so interesting. Um, the key that I realized that I was missing was I, I had, um, I had a support structure, you know, you're saying like uh, a coach who doesn't have a coach, it's like it's ridiculous and like, you shouldn't trust them. Um, <laughs> yeah. so I, I did have support. As in, uh, through the Life Mastery Institute, uh, they have something called an accelerator program, and so twice a week you get on like it was like office hours, like one like two uh, two hour sessions, um, where like there you know tons of other coaches would be on the call, but like they would have a faculty member and answering any business questions. And it ranges from marketing and sales and actual coaching and all these different things, and that was my support structure. But I realized that I had stopped investing in. In, in coaching with Mary in, mm. in like my own, like, you know, development of my, my, my mind and my, my, my soul. And so I had the business side of it, but I realized that I was missing the, the 
like real nourishment I love of just receiving like teaching and, and coaching from my mentor. And so that was missing. And so that's what like kind of like really propelled me out of that was actually reinvesting in that. And that's, you know, I'm sure you, you would agree too, like having a, a, being continuously invested helps you grow at an even more accelerated rate. So yeah, I definitely felt that. And yeah, that was, I, I know you didn't ask, but that yeah. kind of just like came as like the, the flip side of the coin of like how I got out of it. Yeah. No, I, I look, I, it sometimes it feels like it never ends. And I say that <laughs> kind of with like a, a, a begrudging sigh of resignment. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, and also there's a, there's a joy in that. Like there's always more. I love, yeah, I love that I have a coach. I love my coach. My coach is brilliant and just doesn't put up with any of my bullshit for lack of mm-hmm. a better, better terminology. And he really is the, in many ways, like the coach that I want to grow into. So I'm, mm. I'm, you said you've been in business for like a year and a half. So I'm like yeah. a little ahead of you. I'm in my fourth full year of my business. And nice. he's, I think in his like 25th or something, you know what I mean? Like he's just, wow. it's, it's just much longer. And he, yeah. the, the types of organizations he works with and, and the stages he speaks on and those kind of things are where I see myself going. So it's like, I purposely mm-hmm. hired someone who really holds the being and the, the power that I want to become and step into and, and play at that level more consistently. Mm-hmm. And it's, challenging at times because I have a great business and I'm very grateful for how well I've done this, this in this short period of time. And, you know, when his bill shows up, it's as much as my rent. Mm. And there's a, you, you have to deal with that, right? Like I actually, and when, and clients sometimes will say to me, like, God, you're not, you're not cheap. And it's, well, no, but how much yeah. do you spend on your cable bill? How much do you spend on, you know, how much time do you give away to Instagram and Facebook that you could be actually earning money? And where yeah. is your money going? It's like, it's about value, right? Yep. Like for me, I get more value with my coach than any amount of money that I could actually spend. Mm. And my life is, I made more money last year than I've ever made in my life. I made more money actually last month than I ever made in a month. And so if I nice. look at it, 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 it works together, right? Mm. Like maybe I could have done it without that investment, but I don't know. That's like, and I think if we look at like the other areas, you know, I have, I purposely know that my subconscious will drag me through the mud and take me out if I don't like Mm -hmm. keep it in check. Yeah. Um, Have you ever heard Tony Robbins talk about like, we have to guard our minds. I've not heard him talk about it, but I mean, I can get, have an idea about it, what you're talking, what you're saying here. <laughs> yeah. So I, I just recently heard it and I thought it was great. He basically talks about how we have to be on like defense. Like our minds are, are like, um, it's almost like we have to build a castle around them to protect them from being infiltrated. And I don't mm-hmm. mean that from like to keep us on defense, but there's so many distractions. There's so many negative influences. There's so many people that will let us off the hook that we mm-hmm. have to be really careful about like, who do we let in? What do we let in? Yeah. And that's for there's... me, you know, that's easy. So I surround myself with people like mm-hmm. you and have calls mm-hmm. with them every day to make sure that I'm not, you know, slipping into you know, watching too much TV, playing online too much, or just doing things that aren't supportive, even if it's just the thoughts in my own head. Yes. And you know, the, the concept you're talking about, I have a quote on my wall. It's like, like five feet wide. I got like, I got it printed and like stuck on my wall is stand guard at the portal of your mind. That's great. That's by Emerson. 
Ralph Holder Emerson. And it's, it's, it's a beautiful imagery, but it's exactly what you're talking about. You need to like, otherwise, like you could easily be taken away from yeah. like, in uh, there's another quote, but I'm forgetting who it was from, but the end of it is like, we, we, uh, we get lost in daily trivia mm-hmm. and just like, we, we then get taken away from our goals or our dreams because like, there's so many things that we can put our attention on or not even, we don't even put the attention on it. Like we have, we allow our attention to be dragged and pulled away. Yeah. Like that's this conversation. This piece is, is where I, it's probably my biggest obstacle is that my Mm. mind is like for sure my greatest enemy. I mean, if you were inside my head, you'd be like, dude, you're horrible to yourself. (laughs) You are, I mean, it's like, I am just, I mean, I, if, if you heard the inside of my mind, it's like, I'm a piece of shit and I'm a failure and I'm a disappointment and I'll never be good enough. And even when I have like little wins, it's like, yeah, but wait till mm. you mess this up. And, mm. and I know all that's not true. Like I know mm-hmm. it's not a fact and it's not real. And that's the powerful work I'm doing, Yeah, but it's the default setting of my mind. And it's the thing that I have to guard my mind from my own thoughts, right? Some, some people's yeah. it's not their own mind. Some people it's the, they live in, you know, where they live or the people that surround them are the thing that are in their way for some people it's social media. What's the thing for you? that's the biggest, your biggest personal obstacle to like your success? It's something, I think it's actually exactly the same as you. And that's, uh, this is what I believe is. I believe that's where everyone is. Like, even if it is outside environment, um, that it does influence that, but it's, it's ultimately like, even if it's influencing your mind, like it's still you, you generate your own thoughts. Like we have like 60,000 thoughts or something like that per day. And and most of it, we don't express it's all to ourselves. So I could easily say the same for myself. Um, and it's, it's allowing, but it's, it's, it's also a little bit more the external is like, um, I give, I give myself a break when I think that like, Oh, I've done enough. And then I, but I could do more like that's cause I grew up in, I mean, I'm, I, I'm very privileged. I'm aware of that. Like I grew up in a really great family. Like my parents love me. They're still married. Like, um, they've given me everything. Like they paid for almost my entire college. Um, and I, I have two brothers. One of them is my brother, Chris, my middle brother, Chris, like he's my best friend. So like I grew up with a really good life. Like, so like, 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 not easy because no, no one has like an easy life. There's always challenges and problems, but like as good as it can get, like I feel like I had that. And so there's a complacency within me that's like, I know that is is blocking me. And I've been working at that. Like, like since starting my business, I think having my business has been like the biggest teacher um, because I'm now, you know, it's my performance then produces my income. And so I, it's really been like a good mirror to me and me realizing that like I, I could do really well. And then like in one month and then like it will, I'll just like coast. I'll feel like I'm like, Oh, I'm good. I got this. And then the next month it like, like my results plummet in terms of like income, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so I think that's the biggest challenge for me. And I've been doing really great and working on that, but I know that there's much to go and knowing that I can, I can do more. Um, cause a lot of the times it's like, you know, some, some people have the, uh, on the opposite end of like, oh, they do too much and it's burnout. And, uh, and so like they're, they get, you know, diminishing returns on the more they put and the more effort they put. But I know for sure I could, I could do a whole lot more. I can work a whole lot harder. Um, it'd be a whole lot more focused. That's my biggest challenge. 
what's the, when you look at just specifically like as a new business owner, right? Cause you used mm-hmm. to get a check, you worked for somebody like what most people do. Yeah. So now as an entrepreneur, what's the big, what's the thing that you're confronted by? You know, you don't get that dependable, like it, maybe you get paid, maybe you don't, but it's all up mm-hmm. to you now. Mm-hmm. What do you challenge so by there? Yeah, yeah, what's what, like, what, what, what do you challenge yeah. by specifically as an entrepreneur now? Okay. Yeah. For me, it was, and, and still is a bit working on this. This is actually like the money management, like knowing where to put my money and like what to do with it. Uh, and actually, you know, another thing like, like along with that thread is investments, like in terms of like marketing, like marketing is like my, my, uh, even though I've been in business in the year, nine months, like full time. So like I've done something right in terms of marketing. Right. Um, but where it's like systematized marketing, that's a whole new beast for me. Like that I'm, I'm just like a, I feel like I'm an infant, an infant in, like I'm learning how to walk. Um, and so like literally the, like the last like couple of weeks I've been, um, working on, uh, Facebook ads, mm-hmm. um, and like running the, like knowing the numbers, but then there's like the next level of like just being willing to invest more in that mm-hmm. marketing, like in paying for ads. Cause up until now it's my, my marketing has been mostly organic, like through my Instagram. And so that's, that's like my next level. And so, yeah, that, that goes along with like the money management of like, it's like, all right, what is, what is, uh, what is worth it to, what is worth to invest or, you know, cause a part of me is still like, like working on it in my mindset of like saving, like, Oh, like I've made this money. Like I can't spend it. Cause like, I'm, I'm going to need that to, to pay my own, like myself, but then also then to, you know, to invest more in my business. So, uh, cause in, in terms of investments, it's mostly been like training, like co- other, co- you know, coaching, but like the marketing side of it is like my green growing edge. Yeah. Let's talk about that mentality of, I think this is a really challenging space for new entrepreneurs and it doesn't matter what you're an entrepreneur in, but Mm -hmm. often, I mean, look, unless you have like a whole bunch of seed money and a ton of capital, which most new businesses don't have, you're in this conversation of, I really need to invest in my business, but I don't have any money to do it. Yeah. And Right. And so we're in like a, which is a, it's kind of a scarcity conversation, right? Right off the bat. Like, how do you do that with yourself and how do you work with other people on that? I see it as like trust and faith. Like you got to have trust and faith. What do you, what do you see? I see it. It's also, see, it's definitely trust and faith, that, that faith. And that's the foundation. But the big thing that people get caught up on is, and I, I see it in my own life and I, ca- I catch myself, I do my best to catch myself when I'm in this type of thinking. Uh, and it's called either or thinking it. And it's, it's a, it's a, a manifestation of scare of a scarcity mindset is I can either like save money or invest in my business. So it's like one or the other. And then it's like limited, like it's separation. Whereas the correct thinking, or rather I would say the more expansive thinking is yes. And like, yes, I, I, I can and should save my money and I should invest in my business. Like they're both, they're both right. They're both valuable. Um, and so like, it's either, it's like most people get caught up in the either or is like, well, like I, I can either grow my business with like, like with money or I, I can't grow my business without money. So like, it's, it's just like they get in that thinking and then they get, you get paralyzed mm-hmm. because it's like, Oh, if I, if I don't have money, then I can't, well, I didn't have money when I started my business. 
like to, to really invest. And so I was like, all right, well, what can I do? It's like, yes, I, I need to save my money and be very careful about that, but I can do something. And that's what most people I think get stuck on is that they think, they think that like, because they're looking at one or two, maybe even like three or four options to like grow a business. And it's not like, it's like they can't see a way then they shut down. It's like they give up before even trying. Mm. Yeah. It's a really, it's a, it's a really challenging space. Cause you do, I think that the way you said is people get paralyzed mm-hmm. and they don't know what to do. And so they do nothing often yeah. or they focus on what they can't do. And like what I, what I was hearing, it's like, you got to figure out what you can do. So if you can't yes. invest in, you know, $5,000 of Facebook ads. Yep. Okay. What can you do? Can you make videos and put them up without the ads? Can you write blog posts and boost your SEO or however that works? You know, what can, can you invest a thousand dollars or 500 and get started smaller and build? Or sometimes, you know, I had a, uh, had a client recently who, um, is very successful, but has invested a ton in their business and they want to go in more with me, with, with these investments. And what I challenged them to do was go out and create the money. Like no shit, no kidding. Go make that $10,000 this week that you want to invest instead of like, Mm. I'm going to invest it. I need the money to invest and I don't have it. So I'll run a credit card and then hopefully it'll work. Like, no, Mm -hmm. go out and make the money. Like no matter what, find a way to do it. And it's kind of like, one of my favorite terms that's come up a lot recently is being unreasonable mm. as a coach, as a life mastery consultant, as anyone who's a demand for people's greatness, you kind of have to be unreasonable, right? Mm-hmm. Because living your dreams is not reasonable. Yeah. Actually being an entrepreneur is unreasonable. It's actually way more <laughs> yeah. reasonable to just get a job and get paid and, you know, have somebody help you with your 401k and maybe there's some retirement structure. Maybe there isn't, it's probably unreasonable in this day and age to think you're going to retire. Mm. Um, Sorry, it's probably reasonable to think you'll work forever and unreasonable to go, I'm going to retire. But I think that there's a demand for, as a coach or as anyone who has a demand for people's greatness, to be unreasonable. And Mm -hmm. so to say, hey, go make $10,000 this week, even if you've never done it before, it's possible. People do it all the time. But you'd have to be unreasonable to do it. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. What's next for you? What's, uh, what's like on the horizon? What are the, what are the big goals or things that you're up to that are scary that you are uh, pushing yourself towards? The biggest thing is, um, it's actually outside of what I've been doing the last year or nine months, um, in my coaching business. And so it's, it's scary. I'm, I've had this dream, you know, we're on the dream Mason podcast, like building a dream. Um, I've had this dream for the last uh, 10, 15 years, uh, to be a writer, uh, to write my own book, um, and to get it published, not, not self-published. I, I can't stand like, it, it's just like a, a pet peeve of mine of like this, this like self-publishing, which is fine. But when <laughs> someone self-publishes on Amazon and then sells it for 99 cents and tells all their friends to buy it, and then they become a bestseller and then they call themselves a, themselves a bestseller. Mm-hmm. I can't stand that. <laughs> Um, just because like, it's, it's like a, it's like a label that you're, you're getting. It's like a title that you really didn't earn or what you earned in a sum, right. But like, it's, it's, it's not, um, there's no backing to it. Like it's, um, there's fluff. 
So I, I do, I do not want to be that. And so with this writing of this book is my next, like my level is, uh, is to have it published by, um, a major publisher. Um, and like my, my ultimate dream, it may not be my first book, but to be a New York times bestselling author, um, mm. and go on like a book tour. And so like, this is the beginning of that. And I have up until now, uh, shut myself down in, in just being willing to write and call myself a writer and be committed to it. And so it's only been the last week that I've been writing and um, like committed to writing. And I write an hour a day. It's the first thing I do uh, now for work um, before doing anything else. And so it's, it's bringing up a whole lot of resistance and paradigms and, uh, you know, talking about peeling back the layers of the onion of just belief in myself and like what I'm capable of doing. And if it's, you know, if I'm good enough, that's a, that's a big thing I'm working on letting go, um, and just writing. So that's, that's, a I know it's, it's outside of what we've been talking about in terms of like the realm of coaching, mm-hmm. although it's not too far out because, you know, many coaches will have books, but still it's, it's different for me in my mind right now. What's it going to take? Like, who are you going to have to be to fulfill on this dream? It's a whole nother level of believing in myself and being a person who, you know, talking about being unreasonable because there are thousands of people who set out to write books and they mm-hmm. do, but like, it doesn't really do much or they, they don't even finish it. Um, so I know I need to be a writer like, and, and mm-hmm. believe that and continuously say that in my mind and, and, uh, own that. Um, and so it takes more than just, you know, sitting down and writing each day. Um, but actually having the, the energy behind it, um, and allowing life to speak through me. That's, that's a whole other thing. Like um, I'm reading a book called The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. Um, and he talks about this of uh, like how to overcome your resistance as a creative. Um, and the biggest part of it like that I caught from it is that he says that many, most of the, uh, the very famous creatives or authors or artists, they, they, don't, they don't really take much credit for their work or even like musicians. And he was, his example was like John Lennon. Um, when asked about like certain songs that like were like the, I mean, just iconic, he would just kind of like push it or not push it away, but like, just like not say like, Oh yeah, that was me. And I, you know, I'm so great. Like, you know, proud of myself. Like, um, it was more of a, uh, an honoring towards life. Cause like, it's like life is speaking through you. So ultimately I know I need to be more of a channel for life to speak through. And so cause I know that this message that I'm writing is, is needed. Um, and that even, even if it's just one person that this person, someone needs this message to hear it, to change their life. Cause books are powerful. What, what are your, uh, top three favorite book recommendations? Mm, good question. Um, number one will be, uh, a book by Paulo Coelho. Um, mm. it, and he's most famous for the alchemist, but I will not be choosing the alchemist. <laughs> Um, although I did get my start in reading his books through that book, but it's a, my first top choice and my favorite book of all time is warrior of the heart. I'm sorry, warrior of the light, warrior okay. of the light yeah. Yeah, by yeah. Paulo Coelho. Um, it's a very it's short book. It's very fantastic. simple. Yeah. And then, um, the other two, I'll go more into the personal development route. Um, like direct, um, you squared by price Pritchett is one of my favorite. It's a very simple book as well, but just, I mean, just it's packed with information. Um, and then a classic, this is what got me started in personal development. So, um, if anyone to listen to this has not read this, they need to, uh, thinking grow rich by Napoleon Hill. 
um, like real, real classic. Yeah. Um, it was literally the first book I read in personal development. And it's what got my start. So I'll always, uh, throw some praise to that book. Well, thanks for sharing those. Is there any other, uh, resource or anything that you're like, if people want to work on themselves and, and venture in and do the work that you you've done that you would suggest? Hmm. It's a good question. Bob Proctor's be radical video oh, yeah. is, is for sure. I'm going to check that I out. Would, Cause I don't know if I've, I've seen so that great. video specifically be being radical. Um, Ooh, yeah, this one just popped in my mind. So I'll share. Cause this like, uh, so I've been studying, you know, personal development, just reading books and like studying for the last seven years. And this one book, it's like the one, it's the one that blew my mind the most. And this is after years. Like I only just read it like a year or a year and a half ago. Um, uh, the, the, it's, it's the fifth agreement by mm -hmm. Don Miguel Ruiz, but I actually didn't read the four agreements, which is like the first book. Um, but the fifth agreement, it recaps all of the four agreements and then tells of this fifth agreement, but it's, it's like the most succinct and simple to understand, uh, resource of how our beliefs are formed and how we can let go of the, like our limiting beliefs. Um, uh, it really blew my mind. So I highly recommend that as a book, but I mean, I listen to it as an audiobook, So definitely that as a resource for sure. Thanks. Um, Kevin, thanks for being here. Thanks for sharing your journey. Thanks for, um, telling your story, like the vulnerable pieces of what's challenging about bu building a business and being an entrepreneur and doing the, the hard self work on yourself. Thanks for sharing. I love that we got, I don't think I've really done this so much on this show, like got getting into the different types of coaching mm. and, and the age conversation. I've definitely never had that, but thanks for nice. actually addressing it head on and like having yeah. that conversation with me. Um, you're welcome. I just really appreciate the insight and the, the, the way of being that you brought here today. Thanks for being generous with your time mm. and your thoughts. You're welcome. And thank you again for having me on here. It's been a pleasure. You're welcome. If uh, people want to track you down, find you, uh, I know you have like 15,000 Instagram followers show off. How do you, uh, how do people, <laughs> how do people follow you, find you? What do they, what do they do? Yeah. Uh, on Instagram, it's my full name, Kevin Francis Carton. And uh, my website is kevincarton.com. Very simple. And oh. carton is spelled like a milk carton or an egg carton. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> hey, thanks again for being here. And uh, when you write that book, we'll have to have you back on. Sounds good. Thanks for All having right, me. man. Take care. Bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Dream Mason podcast. I am grateful to have you here. Please support me in this podcast by subscribing on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, TuneIn, or YouTube. And leave a review on iTunes. And share this podcast with a friend. If you want more, or you're ready to play a bigger game and create more clarity, freedom, and success in your life, you can follow me on Instagram at inspirationalalex, or you can reach out to me at thedreammason.com, or even email me at alex at thedreammason.com. Remember, you are a dream mason, because your dreams don't build themselves. you